Hello, friends. Welcome to the Focus to Evolve podcast, where we uncover modalities, habits, and technologies that enable people, teams, and organizations to break the unhealthy trance of busyness and evolve into a calm, deliberate, and healthy way of accomplishing far more in less time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Focus to Evolve podcast. Today, I have a recently acquired friend and uh, inspiration in my life. Uh, his name is Ib Dabo. That's Ibrahim Dabo. And uh, Ibrahim, say hello to the Focus to Evolve audience. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here with my friend Jason and with you as well to just have a inspiring conversation. I have had some really good conversations with Jason in the past, and I'm just so excited to continue that discussion here, just that I get to meet you all, listeners. So wonderful yeah. to connect. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, so just so everybody knows, uh, Eve and I were seated next to each other on a bus out in California at a, at a really cool event. And uh, we got talking. And man, when I uncovered his story, my hair was blown back. I, I was just like, whoa, just keep talking. Because I was feeling so much spirit and energy out of you. And then I watched you with the rest of the group throughout the rest of the days, and it just kept bubbling over. And I thought, man, this is who this person is. And I, as, you, as you're aware, I, I coach on effectiveness and heart-led productivity and, and meaningful production in life. But there is, there's a whole bedrock that's underneath all of that. And it's this bedrock that I see you, Ebe, being made out of. It's, it's resilience, it's hope, it's optimism, it's kindness. And you just have such a great energy about you. And I actually just wanted to, I, I wanted to invite you on the podcast today, just so you could vibrate outwards to the audience in the ways that you inspired me. And, uh, and honestly, just to continue the genuine and sincere relationship and conversations that we have going on. Although we don't talk that much, uh, I, I consider you a close tribesman and on the same path that I'm on uh, for myself, my own personal growth, but also to help inspire others. So thanks for taking a little time out here today with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those kind words too. So glad to connect again. You betcha. So let's dig in. I'm going to just ask you some kind of I don't know, off-the-cuff questions. I prepared a few, but I'm sure we'll go off the range. I always do on this podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's start with your story. Uh, and, and we can't go into all details, but tell me about your childhood and how you ended up in the United States of America and why you're inspired to be who you are today. Just Unfortunately, it will have to be the elevator version but that'll be enough to get people perked up, I can guarantee it. So yeah, share a little bit if you would. Yes, thank you. So I'm from Sierra Leone, a beautiful country in West Africa. Uh, a young boy growing up, I, 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 I just loved life. I was a curious boy growing up. I, I, I loved the news in particular. I loved my family. But then I get to experience as I'm growing up, I started experiencing... Uh, a vacuum in my home, uh, 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 a big space that 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 a void, if I could put it that way. I noticed my dad was not around. My father passed away when I was three years old. And so I struggled with that. My entire story has to do with loss and fate. 
from an early age, my mom, uh, you know, she taught me, she, she had a stack of index cards on, on, on a green index cards. And on, on the index card, the words were written, God is greater than any problem I have. And so she gave me a stack of these cards and she said, Ibrahim, paste this on your door of your room. So every time you enter in your room, you'll be reminded that there's nothing that God can do. At the time, it did not make sense to me. I was the last of, um, uh, I have two older siblings, so dad was not around and people said, oh, you're spoiled. And I said, no, I'm loved, right? And so uh, the, my, my, <laughs> my family loved me so much, but then I, I was very, very um, uh, uh, troubled emotionally by the loss of my dad. And then as I was listening to the news around the age of eight onwards, I was troubled by what I was hearing about war in neighboring Liberia, about young children being killed, about uh, families being killed, children displaced. I was thinking about my age at the time, eight years old, nine years old, what a horrible experience it might be for them. And only to later, uh, the war came over to Sierra Leone and I also ended up becoming a refugee. And there's a lot of things that transpired, but in short, from the age of three, I lost my dad. I had father figures that came into my life. One in particular, Uncle John was like a father figure to me. He, I grew up knowing him. I lost him as a result of the war. He was brutally murdered. And then I had... Another father figure in my life who was tragically killed. Again, all of this happened before the age of 14. I was dealing with all this. And then I experienced a terrible ordeal by sea, escaping the war from Sierra Leone. I thought the boat that we are traveling was going to sink. Thankfully, God had us... Go through that. Again, we talk about the storms of life. That's one of the things that I describe, right? I was literally in the middle of the storm. And, and, and my last hope was the faith. That's when that card, that index card that my mom gave me, that's when it made sense to me. God is greater. So here I am in the middle of this storm. Who can say, who can I call out to? You, I had two quick questions. So when you say you're on a boat, this is like a, a large ocean-going freighter. Something like this, right? Jason, yes. And 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 you are out in the middle of uh, the central Atlantic crossing it. So and then a huge storm hits, and this boat, see this huge ship. It's not like a boat. Don't be thinking this is a sailboat, friends at home. This is a huge boat, and you think everyone thinks it's going down. Yes. Did you have your mother's green, the actual green index card on your body at that time? I did not. Again, the war happened. We were all wondering how we're going to escape. I only had a backpack. I left everything behind. I was traveling with my older brother, uh, who was six years older than me at the time. I was 14 at the time. And so it was complete chaos. Now, to describe the boat itself. Uh, this was an oil tanker boat. Again, that's how I call it. Uh, it was just before we left the country, we had makeshift tarpaulins to make, for makeshift roofs. 
And then on the side of the boat, it's like chains, like a real guard type of thing made up of chains. And so if you're not careful enough, you might fall overboard, right? And so we are all sitting on, people were sitting on their bags, on their luggage. You had 600 people on that boat. And so it was supposed to be a seven-hour journey, we were told, and seven hours becomes five days, okay? And that penultimate night, in the middle of the night, around 2 a.m., the storm was literally raging against that boat. And the water was splashing in and us. Again, this was five days. We had run out of food. We had run out of water. Uh, people were experiencing cholera outbreak. Uh, children were dehydrated. You had elderly people. You had the, a lot of the people from the middle class, medical doctors. And so we found ourselves there. And, and, and it was a scary. It was scary for a 14-year-old uh, who's thinking about his future and, 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 and just it seems like it's coming to an end. It felt like a dream to me. At that exact moment, did you kind of wish you hadn't gone? Or was war at home even worse? Neither. You know, I, I couldn't make sense of what I was experiencing because that was the first time I experienced the war firsthand. And so it felt like a dream leaving the country. It's like, is this real or not? And in the middle of that storm, my thinking was, this is the end. And it was a lot happening. That in itself, Jason, has been a lesson that I have used. So when, when we go through challenges in life, right? It's to make us stronger. It's to, we learn from those experiences, even as unfortunate as it was. We learn what has this experience taught me. One, it taught me that, like my mom said, that index card, God is greater than any problem I have. So whatever problem you have, you commit it, you commit it to God. He's going to show up for you. And there are many times I have doubted in my faith over the course of my lifetime. And every time I, yeah, I, it's like I'm putting God to the test, I challenge God, prove this to me. And it does come. It's again, for somebody like me who doubted sometimes, time and time again, that has proved to me. And then the other reason, the other thing is that we go through these storms. It's like, how do we help others with our stories? How do we share our stories so that we can inspire people that maybe you may not have been literally in the middle of the ocean where you see no trace of land. You're not in the dark, in the deep, cold ocean in the night to experience that firsthand. But we go through storms in life. Maybe you lose a family member as a result of cancer, or maybe you lose your finances, right? People go bankruptcy. You have a business. It could be whatever those challenges are. The idea is that that challenge shouldn't limit your full potential because you have a purpose in this world. The loss should not define who you are. Maybe it could be a disability. Like just a little over 10 years ago, I discovered I had a hearing disability and it was a big shock to me, right? Uh, I, I discovered that on campus in grad school. But then I struggled, I wrestled with that. I, I was very fearful for my future, right? If you're experiencing challenges today, you experience similar fears. Am I going to be able to live up to the expectations? Can, can I accomplish my dreams? But then when, when, when you take a step back 
and say, for as long as I have life, there is hope. For as long as I can get up every single day and do the little that I can, I can make a difference in not only my life, but in the life of somebody else. And so those are part of the things that have really, really uh, driven my journey over time. Wow. That so succinctly stated. And I, I'm reminded of a mentor of mine who once told me, Jason, if you open your eyes, no matter how hard it is, if you open your eyes and you still have the ability to think and do, then you have the whole cosmos in the palm of your hand still. Yes. <laughs> and it's like that. And I've thought about that so many times since I heard him say that. So people listening at home, it's all relevant. Um, so yeah, we're probably in our lifetime, may or may not, hopefully not, but we're not going to see you know, refugee status. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a business person or, you know, living a decent life. And, and um, you're probably not going to see refugee status crossing in a freezing ocean, thinking the ship is going down. You you guys ran out of food like on the second day of five or something, right? Oh my goodness. We ran out of food probably around the second day or the third day. And the other thing to notice that one of the two engines of the boat broke down and the communication system broke down. So, <laughs> I mean, it just kept getting worse. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. So we, again, we could double click and spend three hours on the boat ride alone. Um, but what, what I wanted to kind of tease out of this is maybe you just have a really challenging manager at work. Maybe you have subclinical depression or, or nonspecific general anxiety, or you had a fight with your wife. I mean, or your husband, it doesn't have to be ultra uh, dramatic and painful to learn a lot. It's it's all of the the loss. It's all the dips and the rising and the dips. Constantly be double clicking on saying, like I like how Tony Robbins says. He goes, okay, you must close your eyes and ask, how did that happen for me and not to me? And you have to force yourself to answer it. And so. Um, Eve, your story is just off the charts. Like you went through this much. I can't imagine losing my country, my family, every single friend, and having to start over at the age of 14 and go on a, a ship. Like you didn't even, I remember your story of how you got on that ship. We don't have time to go into it today, but there are trail angels in this world and you have to be open to receive it. And And this is where you're, your optimism and your kindness are, I think, working in your favor. I think it's attracting trail angels to you. What do you think about that? Do you think that's accurate? Oh, thank you. I think that I, I, I think that it comes back again. My uh, family welcomed a. I had. I, it was a learning lesson for me, by the way, right? Because my family, before the war broke out in Freetown, in the city where I was living. Somebody had escaped the war in the provinces, in the rural areas, and came to the city. And he did not have a place to stay. And somebody, a family friend, brought him to our house, and they're having discussion with my mom. Can he stay with us? I was very reluctant. I'm like, this is my comfort zone. This is my space. We don't, he's a stranger, <laughs> right? And so why bring him in? And, you know, I heard my mom say, yeah, he can stay with us. I'm like, oh, my goodness. No, somebody is invading our space. And that turned out to be one of the best decisions that my, it was a learning lesson for me. But this stranger 
brought so much joy, so much life into our home. Like every night we were laughing. It was so funny, jokes. And that was a learning lesson for me that, uh, you know, to be embrace others, right? To be kind, to uh, the empathy, the compassion. And then the, the, the flip side of that is that when we finally got out of the boat into the Gambia, where I spent seven years as a refugee, it's the same exact thing that happened. A family that I had never known before took us in just like we did. And so it goes around kindness, uh, you know, it, it, it's just so happens that even if you don't see the result in terms of somebody is doing that to you, just know that the peace that you feel within, that you did the right thing to be kind to somebody else, it makes a big difference. It really, really makes a big difference, um, you know. And you can't trade that for anything. You can't. You just can't trade that for anything. Germany Ken said, "Kindness is universal. Sometimes being kind allows others to see the goodness in humanity through you. Always be kinder than necessary." We'll be right back after this brief message. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. Welcome back to the Focus to Evolve Podcast. Always be kinder than necessary. Right. And what name one situation that a human can experience on this planet that 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 would not improve the situation. And that's what we want. So we got these, you know, uh, this particular audience. When you go in to the office on Monday morning, when you go into the kitchen uh, of your family, getting ready in the morning or coming home in the evening, it's kind of like a choice. Am I going to Am I going to influence this room or am I going to be influenced by this room? Well, I'm going to influence it. I'm going to influence it with kindness. I'm going to influence it with understanding and collaboration um, instead of just picking out what's wrong with it. It's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a choice. And, and, and there's a quote by Jimmy Dean that I also like. He says, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination, right? <laughs> and so think about a situation. We talk about the workplace, for example. You go into the workplace. Sometimes it's toxic. Sometimes we deal with supervisors or subordinates that we just don't want to have anything to do with them. That's part of life, right? But how do we, how do we, how do we approach? You know, we talk about emotional intelligence. It's beyond even emotional intelligence from my standpoint. It's a choice, like you said, rightly, rightly said. It's a choice. Who am I? How do I want to live my life? Am I going to be influenced by the actions of others by reacting to them the way they, 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 they probably acted to me, which probably wasn't nice, which wasn't kind? You change that behavior with kindness, with integrity. Over time, they get to know that this is truly who you are and they get to be inspired 
by who you are and how you operate. Again, think about that supervisor, for example, who is so mean to you, for example, right? One action can change his life or her life. Say, for example, you happen to meet them, uh, maybe his little kid, five-year-old daughter, four-year-old son happens to come to the office that day with mommy and then you get to see. Just because you have a terrible relationship with that supervisor, if that supervisor sees you being so kind to his five-year-old four or four-year-old son or daughter and, and, and you live an experience and that child goes home and says, oh, I met, you know, Mr. Ibrahim or Mr. Jason. He was so nice to me. That would change your supervisor's behavior towards you. It's just because as humans, it's a relationship. You know, I go to the office. I've had, I've led, manage staff, several staff over the years. For me, I don't even call them staff. I call them my teammates. They call me, oh, he's my boss. I said, I'm not your boss. I'm your supervisor. We're a team. We're working towards a mission and a goal to accomplish, right? And I'll give you another example really quick whereby we, uh, how can you, it's that meaning that it's a choice how you choose to treat others with kindness as humans, as a people, with relationship. At my current job, I have a, I work as a as an IT director for a global nonprofit organization uh, on a full-time basis. That's, that's what I do. And so you can imagine dealing with systems and things not going right sometimes. It can be a pain sometimes. And there's just this one system that's been giving me a, a lot of challenge, especially the users. And one of the other directors I was talking to, I had a meeting with him one day. This was in the middle of COVID. And he said that, all the time I come on the call, it's like you have no problem. It's like you're just smiling and, and, and you know, you just make this difficult situation seem so simple. And again, I just smile like I'm smiling to you right now, Jason, right? But what he did not know, and he still did not, does not know, because I never shared it with him. At the time, this was, I had a two-year-old and a three-year-old at home. In, in, in the middle of the COVID lockdown. This was when they shut down. People are not going out. My wife, Joy, was pregnant, six months old, very sick in the bed. She could not get up on her own. She could not eat on her own. She could barely talk, right? And then I have my two and my two-year-old saying, Daddy, why does mommy not want to play with us? And I'm walking from home at the time, you know? And so dealing with the emotional challenge of, seeing my wife in so much pain and she was in the she, she couldn't do anything for six months to nine months. So I was there supporting her throughout that time alone and taking care of the two and the three year old kids. And then around that six month timeline, we get up, she's not, she's having a cold. This was the time I was hearing in the news, pregnant women being uh, dying as a result of COVID. There, there's not approved vaccine for them. We go do a COVID test. She comes out negative. I come out positive. I mean, how do you deal with all of that? So I had a mask on my face as I'm talking to this, my colleague, who is also director. And my wife is in bed, in pain. I have to figure out what she needs to eat. And then all of this. But then it was a choice, like we've already talked about. How do you not let this situation 
impact you. Those are the people that you're talking to. They are not responsible for what is going through you. But what's going through you is happened for you to, to, to strengthen you, to build that, to, to let you know that you have that inner strength to face whatever challenges come your way, whatever storm comes your way. You have that inner strength to face it, to come out of it stronger, not let it defeat you. Because as long as you have life, there's hope. And at the end of the day, three months passed by, that same routine, a beautiful baby boy was born. And I said, thank God I never gave up. Had I given up, it would have been a, it would have been a mess. And so in whatever situation you're going through today, you never give up. You know, Les Brown, my mentor, says, when life knocks you down, try to land on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Right? You can get and when you can, look, can you do that in his voice? Yes. <laughs> you know, so so when you look up, who helps you get up? The Heavenly Father helps you get up. And when you get up, please pull others along with you. Because others may not have that strength to get up. But when they hear your story and when you give them that helping hand with compassion, with kindness, with empathy, you will change the world one step at a time, yeah. one person at a time. You bring up Les Brown. He's one of my big inspirations too. I mean, when I, I remember when I was in my 20s, 30s, I would be driving to my sales job and just needing to get some fire, man. I was not in the mood to go out. It was a February day in Cleveland and just, I turned Les Brown on. And by, by the time that 20 minute drive was done, I was ready to conquer the world. Uh, that, <laughs> yes. He is one charismatic speaker. My yes. goodness. You've, you've spent time with him. You, you actually... Uh, you you knew Les Brown, right? Yeah. How did how did that? Did you go to a seminar, meet him, or how did you get in touch with him and become you know have a relationship with him? Well, I tell you what, I did not even know about Les Brown until around 2021 or 2020, 2021. I got an email newsletter, you know, just this e-newsletter that come in. I see Les Brown. You've got to be hungry, which is his favorite, you know, his trademark <laughs> quote, right? You've got to be hungry, and I click on it. I say, who is this Les Brown? And I, it takes me to a YouTube uh, a video of Les Brown speaking. And I was so moved. This was around 2020, 2021, because I was facing some really difficult challenges at that point in time. It was a very low moment for me as well at that time. And so I got hooked up. I was listening to Les Brown almost all day at the airport. If I'm waiting in the line, like you driving on the road, I'm listening to and and his story and, and his message, it really, really empowered me, right? It really uplifted my spirit. And that's when I started thinking to myself, saying, if somebody's story can really make an impact in my life at this stage where I'm at a very low moment, then it means that I too can make that impact. And so I came across this brown force on, on Clubhouse. Uh, it's a social media app. He was on there talking, having people share their stories. And I share my story. I shared like maybe two minutes of my story. And he was like, wow. And he paused and he said some really uplifting things like about my story. And that also helped me know that my story, wow. You know, sometimes we go through challenges. We say, oh, my story is just another story, right? It can be something small. You don't even need to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But that story that you see as a small story has the potential to change thousands of lives, maybe even millions of lives. 
because others are going through the same thing. So that's how I first came in contact with him. And then I joined his community, he had a community of speakers, people who wanted to speak. And now I'm saying to myself, I love the way he shared his story. His story really impacted me and made a difference. I always had a heart for sharing my story, right? But then how can I share my story effectively? And so that's how I got involved in the Les Brown community. And then it just evolved from there. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have connected with him because uh, it helped me share my stories today uh, with your audience here. And so I would say to anyone, if you have a story, don't sit on it. The world needs to hear your story. Uh, you can start small. It can be overwhelming. You know, I remember the 2021, was it 2022? It was 2022 was when I did my first live online. It was so terrifying, like to watch the camera and speak 2020, 2022. But because I was so determined and you too can be determined once you have that mind made up, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And so that's how I got involved. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, and I love that. Like once you once you get that clarity um, and once you identify with the purpose, the ongoing purpose and not necessarily the outcome even, but just like the purpose, I'm just going to move the dial a little bit today on the purpose. Yes. And so you're not looking at outcomes, you're not measuring, you're not getting depressed by how things are going along. You're just like the lighthouse here is are we facing the purpose and are we continuing to walk in the purpose? And then once that clarity is there, like it's weird how fast things can move and how the fear can disappear once you know the purpose, once you've really meditated on the purpose. You're absolutely right. And there's some, it, you know, once you get that purpose, once, you, once you've discovered that, you, you will come across situations that want to defeat you sometimes. And it could be as something simple like my podcast, Purpose Graciously Revealed Podcast, right? I started it for up to probably 36 episodes. It was back to back every single week before I started it. I was concerned, what, can I do this? You know, I had all the fear factor coming in. I had, oh, well, I'm, I have a busy schedule to fit in something. But when I, when, I, when I thought to myself that this, Ibrahim, this is not about you. This is about the lives. This is about the people who are waiting to hear a message that can transform their lives. And so sometimes when... I did not have time to work on the episode beforehand and my episodes go live every Tuesday. It's like, do I just let it pass by because I didn't have a chance on latest Monday all the way up to Monday. I never had a chance to work on it because I was busy. I have little kids and so many other things going on. I could let it pass by and nobody would hold me, come and say, why didn't you do this? Right. But again, it goes to a choice. I woke up, I, I would get up around 4 a.m. in the morning. And, you know, the blanket, so cozy, so warm, especially when the place is so cold. Like, why do I have to get up and I'm, have my one eye open? Why do I have to get up? Why should I get up? And I realized, Ibrahim, it's not about you. This is a purpose. you changing lives through the messages that God has revealed to you, get up. And so I'll get up 4 a.m., 
work on the podcast, make sure that it's live by 7 a.m. on Tuesday. So when you're doing something that's really in line with your purpose, with your passion, you would have so many things, obstacles that come your way, but it wouldn't defeat you. You would still rise up above the challenge. And at the end of the day, you sit back and look like, I'm a better person today because I never gave up. And so if you're thinking about giving up on something because things are not working out the way you envision it to be, that's part of life. But you are stronger, you are bigger, and you can rise above that challenge. And by the way, have the courage when you're wondering, do I give this up? Do I leave this job? Do I stop this project? I've got so much of my life and money and everything into it, my energy. Have the courage to sit in stillness and check in with what you are now. What are your What's your purpose now? What are your values now? It may not be the same as it was five years ago, and it may be the most courageous thing in the world to cut the cord and drop it, move to the next purpose. I think a lot of people get trapped in that. Just, oh, I told a thousand people about this. I've got to make it happen or everyone's going to think I'm a fool. So it's it's a balancing act. It's a matter of getting to stillness, getting back to your center, re-belonging to yourself. And from there, the clarity starts to come, but it does require you to slow down and really go inside um, in whatever, you know, whatever practice you have to do that. There are certainly effective ways to do it. It's natural in us to have clarity, uh, but we do have to turn the buzzsaw of culture, society, and uh, sometimes work and everything. You got to turn it all off from time to time. So Eve, I, one one question, and then we'll, we'll have to be kind of wrapping up for this round. Um, but what do you do to get centered, to re-belong to yourself, to to get clarity? What What are some of your practices? Yeah, that's a great question because I have gotten to a point where I I have wrestled with a lot of things and I have tried so many things. I'm going to count on my faith again. It goes back to my faith. And as recently as last year, you know, I am doing so many good things, right? And just like many of you, including you yourself. But just because we're doing so many good things and having so many good results doesn't mean that you you perfectly aligned at the time with with your with everything with that calling that alignment, and so I kept feeling that something is still missing. I couldn't figure out what it is. It had to go to my faith. I had to pray about it, Jason. That's 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 the ultimate thing. And with the men's group at my church, uh, there was a book that we read last year, "Searching for Heaven on Earth" by David Jeremiah. And that's when it, it, the whole light bulb turned on for me because it's life under the sun without God. It's like chasing the wind. It's like meaningless because sometimes you accomplish this big milestone. And I have been there. I have done it a lot of times. Accomplish this. I said, if I only accomplish this, I'll be the happiest person. And then you accomplish and I'm happy for like a week or a month. And then it's back. Something is missing all of a sudden again. And so with that, you know, I, I, I read that book. It made a big difference. And this year, for since we're talking about now recent, this is here and now, uh, it's, it's prayer. I, I, I'm just praying about that clarity. And I'm seeking God because, like I mentioned earlier, I had doubted. For me, I'm the type of person that, like science, if you, if you say you can make this paper blue, 
and the paper is white, show me for me to believe, right? So when it yeah. comes to issues with God, <laughs> that's how I always approach it. I need evidence, but time and time again, I have been proved wrong. And so finally I get to say, <laughs> right. yes, faith is true. Yeah. It really is true. Yeah. And I have seen the result. So I think for me, that's the biggest piece. The second piece usually is really is support. You know, my who's, who is close to you that that you trust, that gives you that support that you need. For me, it's my wife. She, she challenges me. She, she's, she's interested in, in what I'm doing. And it goes back to prayer again, faith. At the age of 12 years old, I prayed for my future career and my future wife. And later with all the sorrow, all the losses that I experienced, God gave me joy. And her name literally is joy. And so with, with, with the mission, we're we, we, we journeying together on a mission to impact lives. It's not a coincidence. And with the fact that she's there ready to give me that support that I need, even when things feel like chaotic, I'm juggling so many things, she helps me stay on track, right? The things that really matter. And so think about that support. Who is that support person that would help you in getting the clarity? Another thing I can think about is coaching or mentorship. Who is a coach? Who do you want to be? What's your dream? What's your goal? Who do you admire that's out there that has accomplished that, that you can resonate with, that can be a coach or a mentor? That's another helpful step. Another could be a community of like-minded people, like the men's group in my church. I just discovered them a little over a year ago or close to two years now, and I never had a father figure in my life, but being a part of that group, I felt for the first time as an adult, right, 40 years old above, like, wow, this is what it feels like to have men in my life. And so there are just so many different things that you can try and then find somebody in that group that you can connect, you can resonate with, that you can trust and share some of your thoughts, some of your challenges and see how that goes. But be prayerful about all of that for God to direct your path. Everything you said resonated deeply with me. And in within the last two years, I've found a tribe of three community men. They're They're kind of they're people who've been down the path I want to go on. They're heart-led individuals, and they're new in my life. It's kind of strange, but wow, has that been meaningful. I mean, incredible. So if you're if you're out there kind of struggling in, in some ways, yeah, open up to maybe finding someone to share with. Uh, you know, we're not meant to do this alone. We are a we are a community creature. Every bit of our neurochemistry, our body chemistry, our hormones. We are built as community creatures. And then there is that, that faith part. There's something there. Whatever your faith might be, start taking a deeper look at that as a full-grown adult and, and really uh, feel into that. And it's a feeling thing. <laughs> you know, you can, you can hear a lot of words, and it does certainly help in the guidance, but the, that, that inner journey is vast. And man, has it been meaningful. So... Um, we're going to need to be wrapping up, but uh, Ibrahim, if I could ask you, if you could just come up with a line, a sentence, a quick paragraph, what do you want our audience to know? What each individual who hears you today, what do you want them to know with every fiber of their being? What would you like them to just know if you could just transfer it to them? If you're listening to me, I want you to know that first of all, you're special. 
God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Whether or not you have discovered it, first of all, it takes faith in believing that you are special. That's the first step. Once you believe that you are special and that you have been placed on this earth for a purpose, then things that you, you things start happening for you. You start getting the clarity. Now, if you have if you have that clarity, but maybe you just heartbroken because of a loss that you have experienced in your life or because of challenges. I just want to encourage you to know that you're not alone. Don't give up. Don't give up. Albert Einstein said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. When I was a 14-year-old refugee, at the age of 16, thankfully I got out of high school. There was no opportunity out there for me. Every day seemed like another day. People being killed in my country, losing family members. I could have just given up and said, hey, this is it for me. I give up. But I kept searching, asking myself, what do I have within me that's a gift, a talent that I can use even in the midst of chaos where everything seems lost? And for me, it was writing. And so by the age of 17, I got a lot of rejections because I applied. I wanted to write for one of the largest uh, media companies in the world. And by the age of 17, the largest soccer website in the world responded to me and made me their correspondent for the entire Africa. I received my press card. I had no idea what a press card was for. It was in my pocket for a year. I went to games, Spain wow. to enter the games, not knowing that the press card could get me in. But think about it. Fast forward, here I am. Had I not made those choices... I would not have written for so many media publications or even have the podcast. In the middle, when you're at your lowest moment, activate your wildest dreams. Because if you believe it, no one can stop you. Remember, you have greatness in you. Don't let the storms of life hinder your, your future. You can accomplish whatever it is you have in mind. Nancy Mandela says, it always, always seems impossible until it's done. And you have what it takes to get it done. Well, Ibrahim, I'm not going to add anything to that. That's for sure. I, I thank you so much for joining and sharing your energy with us today. And I look forward to continued relations and learning from you. Absolutely, Jason. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure with you and your audience. I am just so excited for what's in store for all of us. Me too. Take care. Thank you. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to our producing director, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Jason Hinkle, thanking you for tuning in today and inviting you to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you think this may help others in your personal or professional network, please share today's episode. Until next time, I wish you a calm, deliberate, and authentic week ahead. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. 
Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.